The 468th edition of the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. We're also brought to you by the SGPN app. The SGPN app is completely free to download and home for all your favorite SGPN podcasts, contests, and picks. Just type SGPN into your app store today to download America's number one DGEN app. Howdy, howdy, ho, DeGenerinos, and welcome to episode 468 of the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Going out to Bria Roj, looks like the name is, on YouTube, who said a lot of crazy things about me. But good crazy things about me, which is <laughs> which is uh, unusual. Usually, I, I'm told I look like a, a Russian Roy Nelson or a Russian Johnny Hendricks or Ngambi looks like uh, Jeremy Stevens. I think he was. Uh, he was. I look like I could be related to Jeremy Stevens. Related, I don't look like yeah. Jeremy Stevens. I, I could be related to him. So, so you look like a dickhead then. Is <laughs> what he's saying basically. <laughs> I mean, um, that's, anyhow, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, thank you, Bria Roge, for um, not just slobbering all over Gumby, but slobbering all over me as well. Thank you for coming to the show. It's a UFC episode, the very last one of the year, last one for like a month. Um, Gumby and I were just talking off air about what, what we're going to do. We, we do have some, some good things planned. There are actually good events going on while the UFC goes dark. They're dark for when's the next one? Yeah, almost a month exactly. January 13th is the next event, but we will not leave your ear holes nor your eye holes uh, during that time. So let's get cracking. I was told I'm not allowed to, uh, to um, jerk around in this one because we have nine fights to cover and the boss Gumby says we have to get to him. So uh, let's bring him in and we'll get to it. Nine fights. I was, gonna, I was, I was wondering if you were even going to introduce me. It sounded like you were going to be really go. It sounded like you were going to break right, right into the fight. Maybe. Card. <laughs> should I introduce, I was going to ask you, should I still introduce you? Is that, do you enjoy having a big introduction? I mean, like we got to start the show somehow. I mean, like, okay. I, I guess we could experiment with it, but I don't, I don't know that we need to fix what's not no. broken at 468 right. episodes. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. P- people on YouTube are like, he's singing right there. You don't have to introduce <laughs> him. He's right there. But not uh, most people listen to us still rather than watch us. All right. We, we got a big card, Gumby. So we, we got to get cracking on it. Um, thoughts on the prelims before we do get cracking on it? One of the best cards of the year, and and yep. prelims included. I mean, we got we got rank fighters on the prelims right now. Guys who uh-huh. could be ranked, gals who could be ranked. Um, I mean, we got a potential title challenger. I mean, a guy who did challenge for the title on the prelims. I mean, they're great. Yep. This whole this whole card's great. There you go. Great. It's going to be a great episode. That means as well. Um, very chalky card for me, except very strangely, three fights in a row. Hmm. I didn't. I didn't. Go go chalk. I like dogs in three fights in a row. So, well, you probably spoiled that. that now, 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 once you, you figure that out, now, now, once you start taking dogs, I'm going to know the next three are dogs. Yeah. Well, you don't want to tail me anyway. What happened last week when you tailed along with me, Gumby? Yeah, I know. And what happened the week before when I I told you exactly. you were an idiot you on every pick, and I was right. Yes, so. exactly, exactly. Um, I I do reserve the right to to flip flop on picks, so you, you may persuade me on something um after we break down the fight so we shall see how is it for you just a normal card in terms of of uh, dogs favorites 
that type of stuff? I think normal by my percentage, my like usual percentages. Okay. Like probably if you add up all the dogs I took over the course of the year versus all the favorites. I mean, I think this is probably right around what I would usually take. It's a bigger card, so there's like an extra yeah. dog or two. Right. Statistically, we should probably get what we're at 68% this year. So that would be about what four or five dogs on, on a card of this size. So Gumby probably has about 11 uh, dogs here, but we'll see. Uh, let's get a crock a lock in UFC 296. We're almost at the mythical UFC 300. How many fights are going to be on UFC 300? Because every single fighter interviewed says, Oh, I'm, I'm aiming for the UFC 300 card. There's going to be a lot of disappointed fighters. Yeah. There, there's going to. It's it's same thing every time they go to Canada, right? Like any fighter, every who's ever whoever's been to Canada, you know, it's, it's like I really want on that Canadian card, and it's like yeah. I'm sure you do, but uh, <laughs> UFC New York is another big one, right? Like anybody, anybody from New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, they're like, oh yeah, I'd really like on the MSG show, and I'm like, I bet you would, dude, but like also like enjoy the apex <laughs> um all right actually before i do that tell us about your hat it's a boring hat for your, oh, by your standards today what i mean is your hat? it is a little bit of a boring hat by my standards uh in terms of like logo but this uh yeah. this was sent to me all the way from uh belgium uh no by way. yeah by uh i got a friend of mine from twitter uh chris ganach uh who is a for a little while owned a belgian fight promotion this was the logo oh, yeah. for nice. for six 360 promotions uh, which right. later got absorbed cool. as one of the uh, like academy shows for Cage Warriors. So he wound up like nice. selling out to to Cage Warriors as the like Belgium Academy. So this is a nice. short lived Belgian promotion. Gummy has friends all over the globe. Um, I said boring because we're used to seeing like, um, <laughs> like a, a luchador a raccoon <laughs> eating eating a chalupa, uh, riding a donkey <laughs> on your hat. But <laughs> this is just a logo. So if anybody um, wants to draw that logo, I will get that put on a hat. <laughs> exactly. That will be the new show logo. All right. UFC 296 Edwards versus Covington. Well deserved title shot for Colby Covington once again. Uh, December 16th, Two Mobile Arena, Paradise, Nevada. Uh, we've got 14 fights. Nine of them are going to be on today's show. So we, as I've wasted almost 10 minutes, we probably should get into this. Uh, we're going to start with the early prelims, ESPN plus slash UC fight pass 6 PM Eastern. And it just shows you how strong the card is. We got Randy Brown in the opener. Um, welterweights randy brown versus muslim salikov we have a king of the a king of kung fu the king of kung fu in the opener that would be salikov uh, he is 19 and 4 13 knockouts two submissions he's been knocked out once submitted twice six and three in the ufc log and loss of his last three one we had in there was the one where we had him written off as uh dad and then he came on one and screwed us over so i remember that um used fight uh up at middleweight 2011 pro mma debut was a, a sonda Olympic gold medalist. It was not an official sport, but uh, he a gold medal in it. Uh, striking stats better than Browns. And Selikov is up straight as you see one. by 0.46 strikes per minute. He's at plus 220. Rude boy, Randy Brown. Not Rudy. Randy Brown is coming one to call him on his other podcast. I was listening to today. You called him Rudy. Like, we actually messed up for once. I did. In, in my... He was. Your girls did great. Um, Rudy Brown, not Rudy. Seventeen and five, six knocks, five submissions. He's been knocked out twice, submitted twice. Eleven and five in the UFC. Five and one over his last six. He did win his last fight. Was a regional champion. 
this is this the next stats are going to tell you maybe the key to this fight four inches taller eight inches of reach six years younger all three of those i think are are keys here uh he's more active landing strikes that uh ties right into to the stats i just told you to um he's outstruck his uc opponents by 1.05 strikes per minute he's at minus 250 go ahead mr gumby yeah i'm gonna take randy brown um you mentioned the length uh and i think the youth is important here too but i think the length is probably more important because the thing about Salikov is he's really going to need to force his way under the inside in this fight uh in order to have any any chance uh and really like that's not where he does his best work right like he does his best work from range and and when he can he can be the one staying away from other people right we've seen those spinning back kicks do a lot of damage and you know like we've seen his not just his kicks but his like you know his punches from distance too have have been really good i just think he's gonna have a tough time getting close to him in addition to that, like, I, I also think we've seen, like, kind of sneaky wrestling out of every once in a while that, like, you don't necessarily think of because of the frame that he has. So even if Salikov does kind of, like, bum-rush him and, and just get, like, nice and in and close on him and, and try to mess him up, I, I think Brown has got some other avenues there to, to really give him a lot of trouble. So, uh, yeah, there, there's just too many reasons to like Randy Brown here. And, and you know, to your point, I know you love a, a youth and a length. Those are your... In addition to that being a thing that like you kind of like, like the youth might mean something here because we've seen Muslim Salikov kind of just like run out of gas in a few fights. Yeah. So like, especially if he's running after Randy Brown and like trying to blitz into range with Randy Brown, like that, that just is kind of a recipe for him to tire out even more than he already is. So yeah, give me, give me Randy Brown on this one. Now, we we did write like I said we did write Salikov off in the past and he he came back to surprises but I I don't think this is a good matchup for him. Um, Randy Brown's not just a super lengthy good striker he's he's very good basically all around very good grappler as well. Um, but yeah, strikingly Ruba Randy Brown. Unfortunately, the odds are not going in our favor here. They they got bigger since I broke it down yesterday or two days ago. Anyhow, they minus two fifty is what we are locking in on right now. Hopefully, uh, you got in on Randy Randy Brown early if you agree with this here. All right, let's go to a couple of big boys, shall we? Heavyweights: Martin Mude versus Shamil Gaziev. Two two heavyweights that don't have Wikipedia pages. That's always means it's going to be a fantastic battle, Dan. I mean, Two unknown heavyweights, fantastic. No, th- th- this one's they're up and comers. It's fine. You, you could do a lot worse than these two. <laughs> you could definitely, definitely. Uh, Gaziev 11 and oh, there you go, right there. Um, you can do a lot worse than that. He's seven knock with seven knockouts, three submissions. He owes his rounds. This is his UFC debut. He owes his UFC rounds. One no on the contender series. He's won three straight fights via finish. I uh, used to fight at light heavyweight, an inch of reach on Boudet. He outstruck his contender opponent by 1.52 strikes per minute, and he did not get hit in that fight. Uh, he's at plus 126. Boudet, baddies, is the nickname. 13-1, six knockouts, three submissions, never been finished in a fight. 4-0 in the UFC, 1-0 in contender series. 12-0 over his last 12, obviously. He's not lost since October 2017. Won his last fight via submission, was a regional champion, six pounds heavier than Gazia based on their last weigh-ins, which is basically nothing at heavyweight, I guess. A year younger, He's almost four times more active landing strikes, but Gaziev is based off of one fight. Uh, and Boudet's better grappling stats based off of that one fight also. Um, and Boudet has outstruck his UFC and contender series opponents by 0.22 strikes per minute, minus 135. All right, my turn. I, I'll go dog. I will take a shot at a undefeated heavyweight underdog. Why the heck not? Uh, Gaziev has looked pretty good. And just look at Boudet's 
just look at his record of uh, corpses that he's been going through over this past few fights that he's uh, strung up this win streak for. I'm actually going to call it up and I'm going to read you some of these stellar names that we like to talk about on this show. He's beaten Josh Parisian, Jake Collier, Lucas Brezhki. That's the last he didn't. Wins. He didn't beat Brezhki either. Like I, I know then, he won. Uh, but go Chris go Barnett. on MMA decisions. Like go Chris on Barnett. MMA. Go on MMA yeah. decisions and look at the Lucas Bresky fight. One yeah. media member scored that fight for Boudet, and he works for Sherdog. So you know, there you go, Sherdog. Sure <laughs> um, plus, Gaziev, despite not fighting in the UFC, I like his resume better. Um, even though he was a huge favorite over Greg Velasco, he did beat an undefeated guy there. He beat Darko Stosic before that. Um, he's got some decent names. He's got uh, undefeated fighters that he's he beaten before he got in the UFC. So give me the underdog here. Yeah, I, I was going to go Godzilla too. Um, and, right. you know, I was actually, I was prepared with that list of names already. Because I, thought, <laughs> I thought you were going to take Martin Boudet based no on way. the fact that he not had when I, not, when, not when I look at his resume again, I'm like, oh yeah, he's fought the bottom. All but, we need is a Jake, uh, Jake Collier on there. But I, but I know that you, you you're a guy who, who likes, uh, you, you know, you're a guy who likes stats. So like his stats look a little better than Gaziev's because Gaziev in that fight, dropped Velasco real quickly. He wound up in kind of a weird grappling situation, but like his smart defensive grappling just kind of like saved him from being submitted. And then when he was in a good grappling situation, he just took it to him. The thing that I like about Godziev, if you watch him over time versus Boudet, is a lot of his strikes are are straighter. And I think that that's what, I mean, if you watch that fight with Velasco, that's what dropped Velasco, right? Is he, he threw a very straight punch, Landed right on the button, knocked down Velasco. Probably could have finished it up with punches if he didn't go to the grappling so much. But like Boudet is a little bit loopier. He's a little bit more tentative. I think his gas tank is better. I think Boudet has is, is got a little bit better of a gas tank, but I don't know that it's going to matter here in a heavyweight fight. If it does, we're we're in for a pretty lame ass fight. So I, I like Godzilla F two here. I would like to see him try to wrestle a little bit early on to to mix it up with Boudet. But I really do think the straight punches are going to be a big piece of this fight. So, uh, and, and what did you say the number on this was? It seems like it got wider. Um, plus one twenty six. We're getting Gaziev. I think I may have had him a better odd a day or two. Yeah, that, that's that. actually a little shorter than yeah. I remember it being. Yeah. So, um, exactly. not going in the right direction, but still a heavyweight dog. So you know, yeah, it's gotta love him. Uh, to go with what you're saying, it's amazing. Sports been around for what almost thirty years and still. A straight jab. So many fighters just don't have one. They don't like. Well, not a heavyweight. <laughs> yeah, especially heavyweight. It's the quickest path to the person's face, and yet it's like foreign to a lot of these fighters. But anyhow, one thing that's not foreign to you if you've listened to the show before is our love of underdog fantasy. Gumby and I write articles on the Sports Gambling Podcast website every day for underdog fantasy for our NBA plays. Um, but it's not just NBA. You can cover, they cover every sport. Underdog has a way for you to play along. So your favorite fantasy players all season long, regardless of sport, like I said, NFL, NBA, NHL, college basketball, college football, and MMA. They should add that to the I copy. I'm adding it on my own. Simply pick higher or lower on your favorite players, fantasy stats and cash in gummies, taking the higher on Gaziev's jabs. Uh, no, I see the, you're trying to, now you're speaking for me. I had one all queued up. <laughs> you're speaking That'd be a good me. one though. I don't think they measure the amount of jabs. No, they don't. Um, Gummy's a robot, and I've I've uh, short circuited his. Yeah, you uh, short circuited him. him I had a good one. Though. I had a good one though. I had I had Derek White's uh, points against the Cavs on Thursday. Oh yeah, uh, he's doing yeah, really he, good this year. Yeah, he's putting up great numbers, and they still got his projection at only fifteen and a half. So yeah, higher than fifteen and a half against the Cavs for sure. Yes, for sure. So grab that, watch along. 
and maybe and make your picks and maybe make a little cash over on our underlogs mobile app or website underlogfantasy.com and when you sign up with the promo code sgpn underlog will double your first deposit of up to 100 bucks that's underlog fantasy promo code sgpn all right let's continue to a featherweight bout uh dropping way down in weight andre feely versus lucas almeida um almeida 14 and 2, nine knockouts, five submissions. The man owes his rounds. He's been submitted once, so he's gone the distance once. He he really owes his rounds. One and one in the UFC, two and one over his last three. Uh lost his last fight via submission. Oh one on contender series. However, he has multiple regional championships on his mantle. Gret, get the shirt, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash store, or get the shirt I'm wearing right now. MMA gambling hoodie, or get a uh, Gumby's got an SGPN shirt on, or get the SGP hat I have on. We got everything you need. Um, all right. What was I talking about? Almeida. Yes. Used to fight at lightweight, more active landing strikes than Feely. He's one of these. He's had what? Two UFC fights. And yet he's been hit exactly the same amount of times as he's hit his opponent. So strike differential is 0.0 animal house. Uh, he's at plus 145. Feely, touchy Feely, 22 and 10 with one, no contest, nine knockouts, three submissions. He's been knocked out three times, submitted twice, 10 and nine with one, no contest in the UFC. One and two over his last three, one in one three and one with the one being a no contest over his last five. So one win in his last five fights is what I'm trying to say. He did lose his last fight. He's missed weight before 2009 pro MMA debut three inches of reach on Almeida. He's uh feel he's been outstruck in the UFC by 0.3 strikes per minute. Better grappling stats than Almeida minus 170. I'm going to go with Andre Feely. Um, and you know, I, I know he's not on the best run, but I really do think the level of opponents he's fought is is kind of underrated. You know, like we, we kind of saw the Joe Anderson Brito loss is like a really bad loss at the time. And now look, Joe Anderson Brito is out there, you know, taking care of Jonathan Pierce. So like that loss wound up aging extremely well. And in addition to that, too, I think the thing I like most about Feely in this this fight is I really don't think he should have a hard time wrestling Lucas Almeida. Uh Lucas Almeida's takedown defense, not particularly good. Um, you know, sure. There's maybe not much we can draw from a fight with Pat Sabatini, right? Like he should just get taken down by Pat Sabatini anytime, but like go back to his contender series fight. He got taken down a bunch of times by Daniel Zellhoover, who is like not a wrestler, like has no wrestling background. That's a, that's a Mexican striker right there. Not the type of guy who should be taking you down multiple times. And then if you look at a couple of his fights from jungle fight too, He's got some nice submission wins in jungle fight, but a lot of times it's from being taken down and kind of conceding those takedowns. Like he's got a couple triangles off of his back. He's got a guillotine when somebody shot in. I think Andre Feely's good enough at submission defense that he shouldn't have to worry about that with Lucas Almeida. And I also think that like the takedowns will be there on Lucas Almeida. So yeah, give me Andre Feely in this one. I will be taking Almeida uh, here. Just a way better striker and way more powerful on the feet. Obviously, He's got to keep it on the feet. That, that's the key. So that, that is a concern, I know, but I think he's he's worth it at the at the dog money. And I want to say Feely's an older fighter. He, he's only like a few months older than Almeida, but he, he's a he's an older. They're both older fighters, but he's an older fighter who has who's hit the skids, which is never uh, never a good thing. Not he's old in the way up. he's old in the way Kelvin Gastelum is old. <laughs> yes um and you know I, i'm not willing to take feely at minus 170 so give me all made here and we shall see there we go we differed on at least one fight so different than last week um all right flyweights now Dejira Ulembekov versus cody durden 
Let me tell you about Durden first, 16-4 and 1, six knockouts, five submissions. Pretty well-rounded finisher there. He's been submitted three times himself. 5-2 and 1 in the UFC. He's won four straight and five of six. We didn't really see this coming, but he's he's putting uh, together quite the run here. Um, used to fight at Bantamweight, was regional champion. He's got a positive strike differential of 0.19 strikes per minute. Uh, better grappling stats than uh, Ulan Bekov, plus 150. Ulan Bekov, 14-2, one knockout, seven submissions, never been finished in a fight. 3-1 in the UFC, 6-1 over his last seven, including winning his last fight via submission. Whoever he's not fought in over a year, it was November 2022 when he fought last. He, as well, has multiple regional championships on his. Mantle. Correct. Get the shirt, sportsgamingpodcast.com slash store. Russians have mantles. For sure. They they all have to have fireplaces, right? It's cold there. Um, all right. I would imagine that as well. Uh, used to fight at Bantamweight. 2013 Pro MMA debut. Three inches of reach over Durden. More active landing strikes. He's outstruck his UFC opponents barely. Uh, he's at plus 0 0.06 strikes per minute. Uh, strike differential in the positive. Minus 170. Is it me? It's me. Give me Durden. This is my underdog run I, I told you all about. Um, Durden is... Uh, yeah, like I said, an improbable run, but a, a impressive run nonetheless. Nonetheless, um, I think he can make this um, gritty, gr like he does all his fights, grind out a win over Ulan Bakov, and then tell him to go back to Russia, right, Dan? I think uh, I, I think the combination of that that terrible post fight interview and <laughs> yep, his like let's call it a spade a spade, a really ugly loss to Jimmy Flick. Um, yeah. and I think we took those two things and just kind of like, you know, balled them up as like, oh, this is a guy who's going back to fighting on the regional circuit in, in a couple of minutes. And, and like, we definitely underrated his wrestling, like his wrestling is really good for this division. Like, I, I don't know that there's another guy as good at wrestling, just like pure, like collegiate looking wrestling at flyweight than him outside of like, you know, the top eight or nine guys, you know what I mean? Like outside of, you know, names that you would hear like Pantoja and, and Roy Vall and stuff like that. Like outside of guys who have names like that, Cody Durden is going to be one of the guys who's just spoiling everybody's day on the edge of the top 15 with like brutal wrestling. And I think we, we saw Ulampikov kind of wilt under the pressure of Tim Elliott, right? Tim Elliott put him up against the cage. Sure. Did he grab his gloves 35 times? Yes, he did. But like, <laughs> good for him. Uh, and at the same token, like, I, I just think that kind of game plan of just like being in his face, forcing him to fight a gritty fight. If it worked for Tim Elliott, I don't see why it wouldn't work for Cody Durden. Uh, and, and so like Cody Durden with like maybe even a touch better wrestling than Tim Elliott has sometimes, um, in at least in terms of like the wrestling side, not the jujitsu side, but the wrestling side. Yeah, I'll, I'll take Cody Durden to win two out of three rounds here. Yep. Uh, very good points, all of those. Um, all right, let's 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 sneak in the uh, main event of the early prelims before I, I tell you about our, our final sponsor. Light heavyweight fight, Alonzo Manifield versus Dustin Jacoby. This is a, a banger of a fight uh, to be on the early prelims. This would have been what on Facebook in the olden days, right? Oh man, the Facebook <laughs> early prelims. Uh, nowadays, it would have been on OnlyFans if it was on some uh, in some other promotion. But uh, no, we get to see it on uh, Fight Pass or you. Um, what's that other thing they got? Yes, uh, ESPN, ESPN Plus. Plus. That's yeah, what yeah. Yankees have down there in the United States of America. All right, Manifield, he's atomic. He's fourteen three and one, ten knockouts, three submissions. He's been knocked out once. This man owes his rounds, Gumby. There's a lot of people on his rounds this week. Uh, seven, three, and one in the UFC. Three on one over his last four. 
won his last fight via submission. He's not lost since December 2021. 2-0 in Contender Series. Surprised that a guy like him would would take uh, a couple shots uh, before Dana White would sign him up. But nonetheless, he did. Uh, he fought one of those fights at heavyweight. Am I correct in that, I think, on the Contender Series? I don't remember that, but uh, let me let me. He's fought a heavyweight before. Let me put the intern. It doesn't. (laughs) It doesn't matter that much, does it? Uh, He's got a positive strike differential of 0.73. Better grappling stats than Jacoby plus 220. Jacoby, the hand yak, is the nickname we've gone over the nickname numerous times in the past. We're not going to go over it again, right? Sure. Yeah, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> he's 19, 7, 1, 12 knockouts, one submission. He's been knocked out once, submitted twice. 7, 4, and 1 in the UFC over two stints. 1, 2 over his last three. 5, and 2 over his last seven. Got a TKO win in his last fight. He's fought at heavyweight and down at middleweight. 0, and 2 in Bellator. 0, and 1 in World Series of Fighting. Was a regional champion. 2010 pro MMA debut. 10, and 8 as a pro kickboxer. As a punch, as a kickbox, my mic. Uh, 1, low as a pro boxer. Three inches taller than Menafield, more active landing strikes than him. He's got a positive strike differential of 1.44 strikes per minute. And he's one of the nicest men in the world. If you hear him interviewed by Gumby, Gumby this week or any any week Gumby's interviewed him, he's a very friendly, polite young man. He's at minus 258. And yes, I am letting you know Gumby did interview him this week. So take that for what it's worth. Has his insides exploded? Has his intestines come out of his mouth yet or anything like that? Or is he good still? I think he's still good. Um, I, I also just fill you in. Alonzo Menafield did fight twice on Contender Series. That was in 2017 and 18. So that was back when Dana wasn't signing everybody. Yeah. Both of them at light heavyweight. The 2017 one, the first one he won, he won uh, via doctor stoppage due to hurting oh, okay. his opponent's eye. So like oh. back then, Dana White didn't get jacked up that he won period or that he was, he yeah. was so vicious. He hurt his eye. And could, the guy couldn't get off the stool. You know, like now that's Dana's new narrative. Um, whereas back then he used to like, if you didn't violently knock somebody out, you were out. Um, yep. I'm going Jacoby here. I like, uh, his length. I think his length in his, his cardio in the way that he fights long should be trouble here for Alonzo Menafield in every corner. Um, Alonzo Menafield, it, it's not like he's a short guy, but like he doesn't use length like Dustin Jacoby does. Dustin Jacoby's got the glory kickboxing background. I mean, the guy kickboxed Alex Pajeda, um, which I feel like people forget about that this guy has been kind of around the block <clears throat> and i think uh I, I think menafield is more like uh i mean like his his nickname kind of says he's he's atomic he, he needs that big bomb to go off and outside of that like it's he's not the type of guy who seems like he's going to just outclass you for 15 minutes whereas i think dustin jacoby can be either of them and with the way that he uses his length i think he frustrates alonzo menafield for a lot of this fight Despite me shaking my head in the green, I am taking Alonzo Menafield. This is one of my four underdogs in a row. I thought it was three, but no, it is four. Um, but when you when you dive right into the striking stats, they're very, very similar. Yet, um, Menafield has more power. Jacoby looks better striking for sure. Does, he has better technique. So so I'm going to I'm gonna a- ask a follow-up question because I, yes. I think you might be right to an extent. I think Menafield shows more power, but do you think yes. he has more because uh, for me, and this is why I like Jacoby in this fight too, and, and why yeah. I pose this question, I think Dustin Jacoby has that in there. I think in the Daun Jung fight, we saw him when he decided to just throw a bomb, what it looks like when that dude just throws a bomb. He can put you out. He's just yeah. so safe on the feet that he doesn't want to get knocked out in return that he he just throws softer. He's f- smarter in the way he fights. He fights yeah. like a guy who doesn't fight it like heavyweight. Um so like I, I my my question and, and it's maybe more rhetorical than it's actually asking it of you 
is he actually more powerful or is he just dumber with his power? You're just, there's no question there, Gumby. You're just trying to make me look bad and and drill home your your pick again. But no, I I like Menafield. He has shown his power more than Jacoby, I would say. And I've seen Jacoby on skates recently in fights. So, And at plus 220, why the heck not, Gumby? Maybe I'll catch up to you. I don't know that you're going to do that, but that's all right. <laughs> you, you, you keep thinking all right. that. <laughs> all right. Uh, before we move on to the main card, not the main card, the main prelim portion of the card, then let me tell you about Hall of Fame bets. That's something we do agree on. Win bigger by betting smarter this NFL season with Hall of Fame bets, the sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Research every NFL, NBA, and soccer bet with historical stats and data. Enter any parlay idea in the Hall of Fame bets revolutionary parlay optimizer tool to get hit rates broken down by leg, as well as an expected probability for the entire parlay Sort all players by hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot and which picks have value. Stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame bets to craft more intelligent, data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame bets app or visit hofbets.com and use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching and start winning with Hall of Fame bets. All that is all that arguing about Manifield Jacoby is uh, for not because we know something's going to happen to Jacoby. He's got to pull out the fight before it even happens. Right. Gummy? You've infected him with something. <laughs> He's got appendicitis. You know, it's funny <laughs> that you, when you said that I uh, yep. uh, tangentially mentioned something about the Cowboys on top turtle and uh, yep. their coach, the coach had appendicitis. The there, you go. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> See, Gummy's starting to believe it. That's when it gets right, dangerous to, when you start believing it. <laughs> it is. All right. Early. No, sorry. The regular main prelims, ESPN Plus and ESPN 2, 8 p.m., starting with a women's flyweight fight, a very good one at that. Casey O'Neill versus Ariane Lipsky or Ariane Lipsky, uh, the queen of violence, you can call her. 16 and 8. Lipsky is six knockouts, three submissions. She's been knocked out four times, five and five in the UFC. She's won two straight, uh, three or four. And three of six. So she was on a little bit of a skid before this. Used fight at Bantamweight and down at Strawweight. Was a KSW champion before all of this UFC nonsense. 2013 Pro MMA debut. Has been outstruck in the UFC by 0.26 strikes per minute. Plus 162. King Casey O'Neill. 9-1. Three knockouts. Two submissions. Never been finished in any fight. 4-1 in the UFC. Did lose her last fight. Was a regional champion. Used fight down at Strawweight. Has missed weight before. Two inches reach. Three years younger than Lipsky. Better striking stats and more active. Twice more active landing strikes than Lipsky is. Uh, has a positive strike differential of 2.87 strikes per minute in the UFC. At minus 180. Uh, give me King. Casey O'Neill. Still a little um, concerned just because uh, she's not won since coming back from, from injury. I still want to see her back at tip-top form. But uh, I think she can, even though Lipsky's on a good run, I think she can be here. Um with the volume as, as the stats and everything I've laid out for you here, she, she can really put a pace on, on Lipsky here, I think. So uh, give me the king. I'm going dog. I'm going to go Lipsky. All right. I, I think um, here's the thing is, is I think the, the things Casey O'Neill does, you're right, is volume, but like, that's, let's face it. That's not the best thing she does. The best thing she does is she mixes it up on the ground, right? Like when we saw her take people's backs in her yeah. early part of her UFC career, that's when everybody got excited for on her as a prospect. We're like, look what she could do. And even if you want to go back to her, her last win, which by the way, her last win was 22 months ago when she won a split decision over not yet retired Roxanne Matafari. Even in that fight, she couldn't really get her grappling going. I've not seen her grapple against somebody who is even close to sniffing the top 15. You know what I mean? Like it, it seems like she struggles to grapple 
anybody in this division who can hang. And the thing about Lipsky is, is we we sort of wrote her off after she she took a couple of bad losses. We're like, oh, she'll never be what we saw of her in KSW. Because let's say she was nasty in KSW. She was really good. And we're like, oh, we just won't ever see that version of her. And since then, she has turned it around and like really become that person. She's become the queen of violence. Nasty knees in the clinch. Good elbows. Like that Muay Thai style that devastates grapplers. Like it's dangerous for grapplers. And I think we saw in the last fight, Casey O'Neill is not hanging with anybody on the feet who is faster or sharper than her. Uh, and, and then, like, at the end of the day, that means your prayer here for Casey O'Neill is that she scores enough takedowns to win this. And Lipsky's been defending him lately. Like, if you look at her her fight metric, I, I don't think she's conceded a takedown in, like, four fights. And, and sure, maybe not against the, like, highest-level grapplers in the whole world, but she's, like, doing a better job at stuffing takedowns so that she can use those devastating elbows and knees. So I, I think she's a bad matchup for Casey O'Neill, if I'm being honest. Yeah, all, all good points. I uh, agree with with it all. Yet yeah, I'm, I'm still going to take O'Neill. This was this was a tough one. This is one of the ones I, I could have gone either, either way on for sure. So we shall see how it plays out come Saturday. Should be a fun fight regardless um all right going to men's side bantamweights koji garbrandt versus brian keller we talked about this one a little bit uh in the previous show but let's break it down for real now boom brian Kelleher, 24 and 14 eight knockouts 10 submissions but knocked out once submitted eight times eight and seven in the ufc he's lost two straight fights both via submission he's not fought since june of 2022 so going on a year and a half two and two over his last four uh used to fight at featherweight multi-region championships on his mantle Correct. Get shirt. Sportsgamepodcast.com slash store. Uh, Owen to Bellator 2011 pro MMA debut. He's been outstruck in the UFC by 1.25 strikes per minute. He's got an inch of reach on Garbrandt, more active landing strikes, better grappling stats as well. Despite all of that, the bookies aren't, aren't impressed. They have him at plus 172. Uh, no love. Cody Garbrandt, 13 and five, 10 knockouts. He's been knocked out four times, eight and five in the UFC. Used to be the champion of the world. He's won one of his last three and two of his last seven. Won his last fight. Used to fight at flyweight and featherweight. 2012 pro MMA debut. Two inches height, five years younger than Kelleher. He's been outstruck in the UFC by 0.89 strikes per minute. Minus 198. All right, this is a mess of a fight, Gumby. Break it down. So I, I don't know that... Oh, hang on, I got to change the little banner right there. Here we go. All right, now it says Cody Garbrandt versus Brad Keller. There we go. Uh I don't think this is an easy fight to break down. No. The, inact- the inactivity for both, the fact that Cody Garbrand oscillates between being a wild shell of himself and being that guy who beat the shit out of Dominic Cruz. Um, yeah. You know, he goes back and forth between those. Brian Kelleher's layoff being a giant neck injury. Um, you know, Cody Garbrand now looks like a feather will knock him out, and Brian Kelleher hasn't knocked anybody out in almost four years. You know, yeah. like... How do you break this fight down? But what what I did was I went back and I watched fights Brian Kelleher has won. And the thing that just stuck out to me time and time again when watching those fights is like, who are these people? <laughs> like some of the names that came up, I was like, man, I forgot that dude was even like in the UFC. Like, <laughs> do you remember who Domingo Pilarte is? Could you tell me anything about Domingo Pilarte? He fought in the UFC. I remember the name. <laughs> That's yeah. All or how about Ray Rodriguez? 
you know, like I, I know that name last than Domingo Polarte. I do know it, but I yeah, can't tell that, you anything about the person. That that's two out of his last three wins, and the other one is Kevin Crew. Uh <laughs> so you know, like not the best run of opponents for, for Kelleher that he's beaten. And like anytime he hasn't beaten one of those guys, you know, like any of the guys he's losing to, sure, they're top-notch guys like like you know, Mario Batista and people like that. But also when he faces somebody with big power, he looks completely disinterested in throwing combinations. Like he doesn't want to be in there throwing and tangling. Like against Kevin Kroom, get me in the pocket. Let me throw seven punch combinations and let me get the best of it. And then I'll get out. Against Mario Batista, anytime Batista, he threw a couple of flying knees. He threw head kicks. Anytime he threw anything, Kelleher was out of there. And as a result, Kelleher really couldn't get his offense going. And all of those things kind of ring true about a Cody Garbrand fight. Cody Garbrand's going to throw big. We know Cody Garbrand's going to throw big. I don't want to pick Cody Garbrand. I would never bet money on Cody Garbrand as a favorite. Uh, but like if gun to my head, I have to pick a winner here. I, I don't think you can feel good about taking Kelleher on that kind of layoff with now, you know, really the same power he's had before uh, against the guy who I think is going to scare him in there. Yeah, I don't feel good about taking Cody Garbrandt either, but I'm going to have to do it. Um, Gumby laid out why uh, Garbrandt is the picker. Yeah, if Kelleher wasn't, didn't have such a long layoff and actually had a bit more power or at least exhibited a bit more power recently, then I might have uh, considered it, but uh, I can't uh, at this point. So Garbrandt is going to have to be our pick here. Um, all right. The co-main event of the early prelims, women's bantamweight Irene Aldana versus Carol Hosa. Um, and so that the, like I said, the bantamweight, uh, the base of the heavyweight of the women's division is what it is. So, uh, take that for what it's worth. Uh, all right. I'll tell you about Hosa first, 17 and five, four knockouts, two submissions. She's been submitted twice, six and two in the UFC loss, win, loss, win over her last four used to fight at featherweight 2012 pro MMA debut, six years younger than Aldana, better striking stats, more active landing strikes as well. And has a positive strike differential of 1.26 strikes per minute minus one, uh, sorry, plus 165 on her Aldana 14 to seven, eight knockouts, three submissions. She's been knocked out twice, seven and five in the UFC two and two over her last four. She did lose her last fight. Has missed weight a couple times in the past four and one in Evicta 2012 pro MMA debut, just like Hosa four inches taller, one inch reach has been uh, outstruck in the UFC by 0.85 strikes per minute. Better grappling stats than Hosa minus 185. This is another one. Like what to do with this fight. Uh, I'm going to take Aldana. I'm trying to remember why I settled on Aldana. Um, I think I liked her resume better because it's women's ban away. I know these women are, are near the top of the, uh, of the division as well. Um, actually has better stats, but I just have a better, um, feeling on, on LaDonna at this point. Um, Hosa barely snuck by Yana Santos, who coming back from pregnancy in her last fight, lost to Norma Dumont. You know, you can't that's, feel really good. That's about what that. I was just going to say. You want me to bail you out on a reason? <laughs> you she can't feel really Dumont. good about that stuff. At she least lost, uh, Irene. She lost to Norma Dumont and is fighting yeah. somebody who just fought for the title. There you go. Yeah. There's your there you reason. Go. Yeah. Okay. You don't need, you don't need more. I knew there was that. a reason. Sometimes I forget <laughs> why I landed on someone, but yes. I, yeah, I knew there was a reason why I liked Aldana more, but yes. I almost jumped in when you were like, I'm trying to remember the reason. It might have been <laughs> resume. Was and I was like, she lost to Norma Dumont, dude. Like she lost to Norma Dumont and looked awful in that fight. Norma Dumont was the better striker in that fight that day. And like, yeah, Irene Aldana got absolutely blasted in her last fight. You mentioned she's two and two in her last uh, four and she's got three losses in her last 
five or six fights. But those losses are, you know, Holly Holm, Amanda uh, Nunez. Uh, I want to say she also lost. I'm trying to remember the other good one she lost to just before Holly Holm. But she's like, she's lost to the cream of the crop. She's lost to the best fighters in the division. And largely, like, by those fighters, like, grappling her a little bit. Like, even Holly Holm, like, pushed her up against the cage and tried to make it not a striking match because Irene's good there. Um, and I don't know that Hosa can get the grappling going here. I think Arena is just going to piece her up on the feet. So, yeah, I'll, I'll take Arena Aldana too. <clears throat> all right. There you go. Um, all right. Let's go to our main event of the prelims. It would be a featherweight fight. Josh Emmett versus Bryce Mitchell. Uh, I'll tell you about Emmett first. Wasn't his, He had some weird nickname, right? Oh, he was trying something out, I think. Yes. It's, it's not listed anymore. It is, uh, his nickname is now CCO. Do you know about that? Well, no, I know uh, Tony Ferguson, who we'll talk about tomorrow, is CSO. Okay. Well, he's CCO. So I don't know why. Uh, maybe Gummy can find out for us someday. He's supposed to be the nickname oh, guy on the show. Uh, is, that, is, that, mm. is, that, is it CCO or COO? It's CCO. Um, that doesn't help. I yeah. was going to say like carbon yeah. dioxide would be. Yeah. COO. I was going to say, is it some science thing? <laughs> I didn't do, I didn't, didn't do so hot at science in, in school. Um, anyhow, Emmett is 18 and four. I know that for sure. Six knockouts, two submissions. He's been knocked out once submitted once. This man owes us some stoppages nine and four in the UFC. He's lost two straight before that. He won five straight. He's missed weight before he's got multiple championships on his mantle. Correct. Get the shirt. Sports game slash store. Used to fight at lightweight, 2011 Pro MMA debut. More active landing strikes than Mitchell. He, however, he's been outstruck in the UFC by a uh, minus 0.59 strikes a minute. He's at plus 185. Thug nasty Bryce Mitchell, 16-1, and one, nine submissions. He's been submitted once. He's taking this fight on short notice, a couple weeks notice. I believe, if I remember correctly, uh, he's 7-1 in the UFC. He did win his last fight after losing to, uh, I want to say, Iller Latifi. He probably would lose to Iller. Well, maybe not. He might might have been able to get him down. Uh, Ilya Tapuria. Um, that's who he lost to. Uh, he has won a fight since then. One on one, the ultimate fighter was a regional champion. He's fight down at Bantamweight, four inches taller than Emmett, nine years younger. Better grappling stats, not surprising. Uh, Mitchell has outstruck his UFC opponents by 0.7 strikes a minute, minus 218, despite the short notice. I'm going Bryce Mitchell. I, uh, I, I was incorrect in assessing that his grappling game was not as good as I thought it was after watching him lose to Tapuria. I think that's just good how good Tapuria is. Um, I I had picked Danny Gay to get an upset on Bryce Mitchell because of that. I was like, Ige can keep it standing. I think for a second when this fight was announced, I said the same thing about Josh Emmett. It's like, oh, Josh Emmett, he comes from a wrestling background. He could keep this standing. Josh Emmett has really good offensive wrestling. I think when Josh Emmett chooses to wrestle, he does pretty well for himself. I don't love the way he defends wrestling. I, I, and I think that that's the problem here is that if this fight makes it to the ground, even for a second, Mitchell ain't going to let him back up. Bryce Mitchell is so good on the ground, um, which really speaks to how good Teforia is as well. But he's just like so sharp on the ground. He's clearly rounding on his game. His wrestling game is getting better and better every single time. Josh Emmett seems like he almost has a foot out the door after like not getting that title shot. He, he really wanted. Um, and, and this is, you know, short notice or not. I still like Bryce Mitchell here. Yeah, I do too. I'm going against the stats. It's not that short notice guys never win. Uh, they just don't win that often. I think this is the fight that Mitchell can win. Emmett's going to have a hard time keeping it on the feet, I believe. And 
Uh, he's got a lot of miles on him. He, he's an old dog f- uh, at a lightweight class, which is never never a, a good combination. So give me Thug Nasty to make it two straight wins for him. All right, that's it. That's all nine fights on the prelims. I'll give you a recap. We got Mitchell. We got Aldana. We got Garbrandt. I like O'Neal. Gumby likes Lipsky. I like Menafield. Gumby likes Jacoby. You got to put your name down there. Uh, we both like Durden. Gumby likes Feely. I like Almeida. We both like Gaziev. We both like Rude Boy Randy Brown, right? Yeah. Plus well, right. three awesome. three differences on a nine-fight card. That's yep. pretty good. All right. We're going to be back in your ear holes and your eye holes if you're watching us on YouTube uh, tomorrow with the main card and all our fancy plays. Uh, you can catch us in the Discord, sportsgumbypodcast.com slash Discord. Catch us on Twitter, SGP and MMA, at Gumby Vreeland, at Jeff Fox Writer. I'm also Jeff Fox Writer on Instagram. You can catch me on my Substack, moneymma.substack.com. Get in there. You can get a free subscription uh, and you can still enter the last my last pick and contest of the year. So get in there and make your picks for UFC 296. Listen to Gumby's Top Turtle MMA podcast. I listened to it today. He's got the very friendly, actually, both both of them were very friendly. Um, the Hanyak, Dustin Jacoby, and a guy whose name I can't remember how to say. But Gumby likes to show off by saying it. So he's going to tell you his name right now. Oseuman Oye Molan, who, by the way, there we talked go. about on the LFA episode. I said if you can yep. get him at Dog Money, uh, he posted it plus 210. It's all the way down to plus 170 right now. So uh, if you're hearing this and there's still time to get in on Oseuman Oye Molan, uh, I would suggest doing so. There you go. So listen to that. It's always a good sh- good listen, regardless of who is on it. And obviously all good things in the sports gambling spheres at sportsgamblingpodcast.com and our Patreon, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. As I said, we'll be back tomorrow. It'll be Rude Boy, Jeff Fox, and the King of Kung Fu, Gumby Vreeland. We'll be riding shotgun, and we will talk to you then. Bye-bye.